welcome to Between Sundays. I'm Tyler, and we got to protect the women and children and swine. For today, we're getting off the boat and heading straight for the darkness because we've got the light that's going to drive it out. Darkness has no place to hide in the light of God's radiant glory. Marin's here to help us drown evil in the chaos of the sea. But before we visit the 10 towns to proclaim the great things Jesus has done for us, now that she can no longer be restrained, not even with a chain, let's welcome in our favorite co-host, Marin! Yay! <laughs> Still, it's so, Is it so a little? anticlimactic yeah. when it's just one person. I know. That's yeah, because now sad. it's like, our favorite co-hosts. Yeah. It's like, everybody's the favorite. But now I'm just referring to one favorite. <laughs> <laughs> there might be confusion. Yeah, it's just us, man. Yep. Again. Two weeks in a row. Just me and Marin. My Marin word. Marin and I. Uh, three weeks from now, Barry will be back. Yeah. Which triumphant is, re-entry. I don't know. Have you felt like uh, he's been gone that long? Or has it felt like a long, like he's been gone too long? Here's why it's felt long to me. Like when I think back to Grace Kids Camp, yeah, does that was, not feel like it was a year ago? That feels like a long time ago. And he was not here for that. But it doesn't feel, to me, it's like, it doesn't feel like that. Maybe because we skipped like six podcasts in a row. You know what? I think it doesn't feel like that because <laughs> you guys have hung out fairly regularly. Yeah. Like through uh, the summer, like you've seen each a other couple a few times. times. Yeah. I think I've seen him once. Yeah. When he watched my dog so I could go out of town. Oh, he watched your dog yeah, that week? Yeah. Oh, all right. yeah. Thanks for asking us. We have little kids. Who oh, love come dogs, on. You don't live fine. on a farm. Come on. <laughs> oh, your dog went to his it house. It was in my dog's best interest. Oh, uh, I thought he like came to your house. And like picked let, up Maggie. No, he did. He, no, to like let her out every day. And then, oh, no. Yeah, she no. came to, she came, she he went to He came house. to my house and she like very excitedly like leapt into his backseat. Yeah, of course. Like she knew. She knew. As soon what, as he showed up. Yeah. She knew. Yeah. Well, this sermon, we're going to get into it in a little bit, but this sermon was not for Barry. I know. I know. The pigs and the, the drowning uh, of the pigs. I know. The, immediately after the sermon, I was like treated to an Instagram video of pigs eating watermelon. Yes. And I was like, Ooh, well, thank goodness he's on sabbatical. God's <laughs> ordained sovereign timing of Barry not being here to talk about the death of thousands of pigs. You know, he knows the stories in there. Yeah. He knows it as well as I do. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. knows. Uh, what's new? What's new since last week? Uh, sermon's over. So that's new. Yes. It's interesting <laughs> because when did we record? We recorded last week, like kind of late, late. Maybe? So it's yeah. like, What's new from Feels 20 like minutes ago? Just talk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I I tell my husband and he's painfully aware of this, but the week before I speak, yeah. it feels like black hole. I go underwater. Yeah. Like I just like take pigs. A, I take a deep breath and I go underwater and yeah. I don't come up for air until yeah. the weekend is over. Mm -hmm. So as of like Sunday at two o'clock, yep. I feel like I can come up for air. So that explains why I was sending you photos of Gen Con and it was like <laughs> A delayed response. Yes. <laughs> okay. If I responded at all, you're one of the lucky ones. Yeah. Like, I uh, I would send you periodic like, hey, look at this. Yeah. And then I would sit there and I'd be like, that's hilarious. Why is she not replying? Oh, no. And then, it's hilarious. <laughs> why is she not replying? I was underwater. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. So nothing's new. Um. Well, I mean, Desi's back to school. Yeah. How's that going? Um, I can't She's remember if she herself. was officially back to school last yes, week when we talked. Yes, slept through the alarm. Okay. <laughs> yes. But Jed woke me up and I took the <laughs> yeah. obligatory first day yeah. picture. The last mm -hmm. first day, last first uh, day. So she's driving to school. She is. And she's working. Ooh, boba tea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's doing all the things. All right. Last year. I mean, yeah. She's got one of those. I don't, I don't even get this. This didn't exist when I was in high school, but she's oh, got, no, she's, don't say it. She's got one of those flex oh, schedules. Oh, the flex schedule. Yeah. What she's is like, that I've about? got an internship and I need to leave at 945 in the morning. And is it, is that what you're talking about? Oh, there is no internship involved. Oh, she just, is just, she's taken a couple AP classes and it worked out in her schedule for her senior year that she gets like this big old block of time to just drive home and make herself like a hot lunch. What in the world? And then drive back to school. It's the weirdest thing. I would have, that would have been my death knell. <laughs> well, <laughs> she, she's worked really hard all four years and to Good a degree, I feel like she has earned this. She deserves this, uh, but it's really weird. Like I wouldn't, I've talked to her about the price of gas. If you're driving 
to school and then back yeah. home for lunch and then back to school and then back home mm-hmm. over the course of a week. Like she doesn't care. It's yeah. your money. No, it's not my money. Oh, you guys don't pay for gas. I, like I said, she has Ooh. a job. Ooh, all right. There are probably better ways for her. You're a grown to up boy. Spend or save her money. Um, yeah. I remember the days when I would, I would come home for lunch from school and my mom would like meet me there. And I was unannounced. I was like skipping school. Oh, oh so like, you were not in the flex no, program. No, I was not in the flex program, <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to come home and eat lunch. And I would like make a frozen pizza or like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totino's or something. Yes. And my mom would walk in and she'd be like, what in the world are you doing? And I'd say something like, uh, it's, it's uh, job fair day and uh, I don't need to be there. <laughs> Did she buy it? Did she buy it? Uh, either she bought it or she was like, I've given up already on this child. It is exhausting. Like by the time you're that age, it really is exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. So the fact that, yeah, that would be, that would be very bad for me to be able to just leave school. Yeah. Well, I think the idea of flex is to like give these AP students extra time to work on the workload. Their workload is enormous. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I knew Desi was different when <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh, one of the first times I met her, maybe the first time I met her, we were helping you guys move out of your rental house and it was a Friday mm-hmm. and we were there in the afternoon <laughs> pulling like stuff yeah. out of your house or whatever. She gets off the bus or where, however she got home and she immediately starts working on homework. Yes. Friday at three thirty or whatever. That's my girl. And I think I even brought it up. Like, what do you think you're doing? It's Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. Relax. No, she, she wants like, to enjoy this her weekend. This has to be done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she can enjoy Meanwhile, her weekend. Meanwhile, Jaden's like laying prone on the <laughs> grass outside and taking it off, taking the weekend for what it's worth. But yeah. yeah, I knew she was different when everybody's doing work around her to like get the house cleaned and moved out. And she's like, I got to sit down and get yeah, my head in this book. in that way. She has been an absolute delight. I have never. <laughs> in that way. In very, that, uh, yeah. In that one way, she's been delightful. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> no. No, I, she's so driven. She's yeah. driven from something inside of herself. I've yeah. never, ever had to like mm-hmm. spur her on to raise her grades because they're always great. And mm-hmm. yeah. God rules. If anything, the difficulty with her and the, and, and just her personality and her drive and her work ethic is getting her to slow down and like oh. smell the roses. Oh yeah. She's, she's tunnel vision. Yeah. Like, and I get that. Cause I'm that way. That's why I go underwater when I'm writing these messages. Like I, I cannot rest until it is done. And when it is done, I'll feel great. But your, nobody even look at me until it's done. Your two children make one perfect child. <laughs> You're not wrong. Because Jaden, all he does is stop and smell the roses. We need a little more tunnel vision out of him. And Desi, she could afford to slow down, huh? Oh, you are not wrong. It's so funny. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Yep. You're right. One perfect child I have made. We are in the phase of parenting where it's just potty training. I was hoping you were going to bring this up. Potty training city. We, so we had a lead team meeting this morning and we always start these lead team meetings with like, what's new in your life? What's going on? You know? And when you started going into the potty training, I just got a head full of advice. I'm like, I need to talk to him. I need to tell him all I need to hear it. Friends of the pod, come help. (laughs) Assemble. We're here. Because. We're here. Here's what the deal is. Lane's two. So it's like, our idea. (laughs) Is to have him out of diapers. <laughs> oh, out of uh, out of diapers, yes. except for when he's sleeping. So okay. we want that to happen. That can happen. Um, Milo, who's five, was Lane's age when he was like, "All right, I'm done. I'm ready to do the potty." Yep. Uh, Lane is bullheaded. Not totally down with it. He he needs it to be his idea. Mm. So he's the kind of kid that's like, "All right, Lane." Let's sit down on the potty and go potty. And he like throws a fit. No, I don't want to. But does he get a reward? Are his rewards, yeah, he'll get rewards. enticing enough? Popsicles, Paw Patrol toys, uh, whatever. Basically, we're at the point where whatever he wants. If sticker he asks for a hundred dollars, I'll give it to does him. Does he need a visual? Does he have a sticker chart? Uh, no, not yet. We're not okay. there. But it's like he doesn't want to do that. And 
Um, he, six seconds later, after he gets off the potty, he's like, da-da, ooh-ooh, and it's, <laughs> he peed. <laughs> he went to the potty, like, immediately after getting off the toilet. And does he say it as though he thinks your reaction will be funny? He's, no, he knows what he's doing. Like, he knows I'm going to be like, why did you do that? Right. You know, one of those. And, and then, like, is that the reaction he's looking for, though? Because Desi was that way. Like, joke. she just... She wanted to get a rise out yeah. of us. So he's getting rises out of us. <laughs> uh, the other one, Milo, is five. And it's time for him. We have decided <laughs> that it's time for him to uh, sleep in his big boy bed without diapers. Okay, He's potty trained, but he's still. Yeah. Nighttime can be yeah. hard, even into like like the preteen years. Just so you know. Like oh, no. Nighttime. Nighttime can be a struggle for no. some families. I got plenty of bad news for you. I'm saying. Well, here's the deal because, all right, it was Lauren's idea and I'm, we're team. Um, the boys scream my name at nighttime. Now that is not what you told me earlier. You told me what they scream mama. Oh. And then you get up. Well, yeah, here's what happened last night. <laughs> um... Milo, it's four in the morning. Milo's never like, hey, dad, I, uh, I went potty at night. Now, that might, be, that. that might be a gift because my kids would like hover over me in the night like little <laughs> spooky little ghosts. <laughs> Mom. Surprise. Mom. Yeah, it was like a terrifying way to Mom. wake up. So, yeah. No, he's never like gently like, dad, I need to tell you something. It's like. <laughs> Dad! Dad, I need you! <laughs> it's like that. And so my heart rate starts at 120. Zero to 120. Yeah, yeah. I'm like sh- shooting like a bottle rocket out of bed because I think yeah. somebody's broken in. Some Something is happening that's absolutely terrible. <laughs> and it's never like, he never eases his way into it. It always starts right there. And so last night he was screaming mom, which I was like, oh, that's nice. That's a nice <laughs> that's change. Different. <laughs> um, this was her idea to do the potty training. You both Yeah, decided. this is our idea. Uh, <laughs> and so she, he's like, mom, mom, I need you. And I get the whole like. Tap, tap. Yeah, the mom reach across yeah. the bed. Like, oh, yeah. Ah, do you want to do that? So I get out of bed. And it's like four or five in the morning. And uh, like I said, my heart's racing a little bit. A lot. Yeah. And. um I real I quickly realize there's no plan. It's like you walk into Milo's room and he's upset. There's mm-hmm. pee or there's a family. Can friendly. we say that on Can the we, show? Yeah, there's a, there's a potty in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and so he's upset. He wants to go back to sleep, and I'm like, all right, let me go get new sheets. This is my fault. This, all of this, all of what I'm saying is my fault. Correct. Everybody. Yes. Okay. A hundred percent. I pull the sheet back and I realize the pad that we have under his sheet oh, is no. like. Did it shift? No. Probably. I don't know. It. It's a cubic foot. Yeah. We don't need that. <laughs> it's like. I am coming to your house and we are solving this. It's like this the size of a sock. Today. So. It's way off from where he went to the bathroom in his bed. So that's part problem number one. So I pull the sheet off the, the pad is completely dry. So I'm like, okay, we'll just move that to where he sleeps. Yeah. Yeah. Or no, where he like went to the bathroom. Oh, because, you're just covering the wetness? Well, here's, here's what happened. You just laid a rug I was like, over I need the a wet towel. spot? I need a towel. And so I'm walking around and the pitch black, because if I turn the light on, Lane wakes up. So yeah. I'm walking around oh, pitch they're black. they're still sharing a room. There's Legos all over the floor. Oh. So I'm. Dodging landmines, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. looking for towels. There's no clean towels. Again, my fault because <laughs> I uh, should. Here's what I've decided. We need a stack of clean towels in the room mm-hmm. because we should expect that this is going to happen. This is part of training. Stack of clean towels right there so we can just mop up the, the problem. Yes. We also need extra sheets. Mm-hmm. Neither of those things were present. So I walk in the bedroom after me being like breaking a sweat. I walk into the, be- the out my bedroom and I'm mm-hmm. like, 
can you can you tell me where anything is? <laughs> <laughs> and Lauren's response, it's it's five in the morning. I'm not telling you anything. I'm just going to get up and do it. So she got up and like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what she ended up doing, but uh, I've been awake ever since. Yeah, it's going to be. I don't go back to sleep. Really things exciting like that happens. Look, you need the layers. OK, so first of all, your little tiny little cubic foot of mattress pad is not going to cut it. Not for this type of training. You're not thinking as well as you used to. You need <laughs> a rubber sheet or like some kind of plastic. That's sheet. what I would assume. And then, you know, a comfy sheet on top of that. Yeah. Covered by another rubber sheet and another comfy sheet wow. on top of that. So that in the night, you just peel oh, the bad layer off. Genius. And then suddenly he has a fresh layer. I need, this will take all yeah. of five minutes of your nighttime. This and you incredible. can go back to bed. I'm glad I'm here for this because that was a good idea. He will surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's where we are in life. I'm uh, running on short yeah. Short supply. Yeah. Today. Well, this is why you need a village. This is why every yeah. young family needs mm-hmm. a village because potty training in our yeah. house was an epic journey. Yeah. And we, we learned, learned kids a lot. hard. We learned a lot along the way. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. Well, yes, okay. they were hard, but for completely different reasons and at completely different seasons of mm-hmm. their life. Let's mm-hmm. just say one baby was an artiste. <laughs> oh, no. And liked to be creative oh, golly. substances. Oh, and no. Yeah, the other one just really, really, really struggled, especially with the nighttime stuff. So yeah. we've been there. All right. But you got to well, try the layers. Try the layers. Yeah, we'll do layers and do we tonight. need a stack of clean towels. You hit Walmart on your way home. No, no Walmart. Target. Oh, for the, the mat and all that for stuff? For the rubber yeah, sheet. Yeah, that, that stuff. I'm going to go to Goodwill and get towels. Okay. Do they sell towels? Yes, they do. All right. I'm going to go to Goodwill. You know what else they sell? Sheets. Yeah. Get some sheets. Get -hmm. some stuff because I like to be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be prepared from now on. All right. Uh, So that's where we are. We are uh, at Grace. We are entering into week one of a new sermon series called Known. Kicking it off. Moments with Jesus where he... Dives a little bit deeper because he knows the interests and the hearts and the, I don't know. You tell me, he you, t- sees, you, you tell me the bigger picture. Yeah. Cause right. every time we like, we, we start a new sermon series. I like to say, all right, before we get into the message, let's talk about the series overall. Right. Which this would, I think be my first time. Yeah. Getting, kicking it off. Getting to do that. So I you, think this you tell me, time. you tell friends of the pod what we can expect in the next four weeks of known sermon series. Yeah. So we're focusing entirely on four different events in the book of Mark. So all of our stories take place in the book of Mark and actually three of them take place in chapter five. Chapter five is like crammed with these types of before and after stories or these encounter stories. And it's basically where a person kind of presents with an obvious outward need of some kind. Um, The woman with the issue of blood or, Jairus's daughter who is dead, you know, or in this case, um, the man with many demons. So there's Mm -hmm. something super obvious that they need help with or healing for or deliverance from. Mm -hmm. But in each of those cases, Jesus goes even deeper because he sees beyond just what is outward and obvious. He sees to the heart of the person and he sees the bigger person, bigger picture. He sees the whole person. So we'll kind of get to see. And that's why we're calling it known. Mm-hmm. We're not calling it seen, you know, right. like Jesus saw your outward need and he healed you. We're calling it known mm-hmm. because his love for us goes so much deeper yeah. than our outward needs. Yeah. So uh, before we get into your sermon, uh, we did something a little different. We've done it before, but it's been a long time where like Tim Ayers drops in and is like, hey, here's what you need to know. Surrounded here's the world. by his like leather bound books. Yeah. I oh, loved yeah. the way that was shot. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Liz Cottle. Yeah. That looked great. So he drops in. He's like, hey, here's two and a half minutes of stuff you got to know before you hear the sermon. Did that, was that helpful for you? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it was helpful um, even just to kind of piggyback off of what he had said. He did touch just briefly on Mark chapter four, where Jesus calms the storm. Yeah. And so that was important. Yeah. You know, it's, it's easy sometimes for us to kind of, take little snapshots in our mind of Mm -hmm. like, there was this one time Jesus spoke to the wind and the waves and he calmed the storm. Then there was this other time that Jesus 
you know, delivered this man with many yeah. demons. But, but it's back to back. Putting them in sequence of like he just washed up yeah. on the shore from having just calmed the storm. Yeah. And how these stories play into each other, how these events tie into each other, and what his astonished disciples would have been feeling, how their mm-hmm. hearts would have been racing right after he calmed the storm. And then he's like, watch, <laughs> watch yeah. what happens. You think that oh was my. cool? Check this out. I got a lot of questions about this. <laughs> um, let's start there with the storm. Mm. Okay. So he's literally calming the storm because mm-hmm. his disciples are freaking out in the boat, right? Waking him up. Cause he's just asleep. Yeah. So he washes up on shore and he goes from calming the storm on the water and he enters another completely chaotic scene where in the form of the mess of someone else's life. So Mm -hmm. it's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I just did this miracle. Watch this. Like you just said. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking about, well, first of all, if I was a disciple and I didn't believe, cause the disciples were like, huh? What's he like? Who is this guy? Who is this man? Yeah. Who is he? What's going on? And then I saw the demon part. I'd be like, Oh, I get it. I will bow to you in worship. (laughs) Cause I just saw two miracles back to back. Right. But I don't know if that happened. Well, right. Who is this man? Disciple just means student of a rabbi, right? Student of a teacher. And so in their minds, he's a, he's a wise man. He's a rabbi. He's a wise teacher. Yeah. But who is this man? That was the Mm -hmm. question they asked when they were in the boat because they've never seen a teacher do that. Yeah. They've never seen a rabbi speak to the wind and have the wind obey. Yeah. So who is this man? Yeah. Yeah. And then it got me thinking about uh, how Jesus has, so going from storm to another chaotic scene in someone's life, it got me thinking about how Jesus has entered the mess of my life or the people I know to bring healing or calmness. Mm-hmm. So he's calming the storm and then he calms the chaos of this guy's life. Yeah. And it's amazing that sometimes I, I'll speak for myself, am quick to count other people out. Mm. But Jesus can enter any situation and be like, I got this and mm. I'm going to bring healing. So I hadn't seen your message. Because uh, of Gen Con. Let's just be on my way to Gen Con. I was on my way to Gen Con Sunday morning. <laughs> so I had not seen your message. But on the way, the traffic was like backed up. Oh on Capitol Avenue. And as we got closer, I saw why it was backed up. It's because there was a woman, there was like a really old woman in the middle of the road. It wasn't like she was crossing it. She was standing still in the road and she had a walker Mm -hmm. and it was clear something wasn't go, something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. But most cars were just either driving right around her or honking at her or whatever. And so being the hero I am. You are a hero. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, I jumped out and I grabbed her hand and I walked her over to the sidewalk. And as I'm doing this. <laughs> the other motorists are like, who yeah, is this man? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> uh, no. Don't act like you're a big shot. Uh, no, no, no. As I'm doing this, she's saying not surprising things. Like, I need money. I need food. Sure. Uh, I haven't taken a bath in eight months. These types of things. Um, and so I, I, I only spent, you know, two minutes with her, Mm. but, uh, I got her to a safe place and I was like, listen, I don't have any food right now and I actually don't have any money, but I'm just really glad you're safe and you, it's important that you're safe and stay safe and stay here and I can help. I can call somebody or whatever, like whatever. But after I watched your sermon, she's who I thought of, of Mm. people that, I or society is quick to count out, but yeah. like Jesus could impact that woman if he wanted to mm-hmm. and completely change the trajectory of her life with, I mean, I don't know. What mm-hmm. do you think about that? Yeah. Um, and he can do that through you now. Yeah. In a very practical sense, you helped her cross the street. Yeah. In another practical sense, you are connected with agencies within the inner yeah. city that have resources. We yeah. have resources here. We we arm ourselves with all kinds of practical ways to help the people we find in need. Mm-hmm. 
And I think part of the light that washed up on the shore for her that day was that you were the guy that got out of the car and helped her across the street when everybody else was going around her. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, there's an element of the, the light in us, Christ in us that brings practical help. And that's incredibly important because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have wanted you to just roll down your window and said, I'll pray for you and continue to drive around her, you know? And and I I still feel like "Ah, I didn't do enough, but I was thinking about how, yeah, I, I mean, even I like going to Ukraine and all these things, I count people out that Jesus does not count out. And Jesus loves this woman. Right. And Jesus cares, knows this woman. Right. And right. In ways that I can't or won't. And maybe I don't understand the authority that I've been given in, in Christ, you know, and it it might be situational. It might be person to person, you know, you don't just Mm -hmm. walk up to everybody and cast off oppression or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But as I was preparing this message, I thought of, okay, well, where have I encountered this in my life? Um, when I was a little girl, there was somebody in my parents' ministry who they would say had been, you know, oppressed by a demon or possessed by a demon or something, something like that. And he had been delivered and he'd been delivered right before I met him. Mm. And I only know this because my mom was picking me up from cheerleading practice one day. What? This is a whole chapter of your story. (laughs) I don't know anything about with this guy in the front seat. And I remember her telling me like, I'm going to come and get you from school there's going to be this man named Dave. He's going to be with me. And just so you know, this just happened in his life, but it's super cool. He's delivered and um, just out of some really dark stuff. And my parents um, kind of came around him Mm -hmm. and walked, walked with him through like the edge of the forest, right? He was in darkness and they were, were the ones who helped him into the light after he had been like delivered. And then the other time, can we just, Acknowledge that cheerleading <laughs> is like at least sports adjacent. It was second it's grade. Sports. It could oh, hardly be All considered right. a sport okay. in my life. But right. uh, the second time was at a concert in Chicago. We'd gone to see um, this band called Aradna. And they're, oh, yeah. I've talked about them on the show before. They're like a Hindi, but they're Christian, like with Hindi lyrics or something like that, but beautiful sitar, sitar, sitar music, beautiful. <laughs> Me and Jaden's one of our favorite bands. Um, but I was at this concert and I was about three, three rows from the front and my friends were sitting about five rows behind me. And I knew they had brought somebody who s- somehow had just been like rescued from being trafficked in India. So Whoa. she was like, new to our country and new to us as a church. We didn't know her all that well, but we're at this concert. And in the middle of one of the songs, I just hear shrieking from her Oh, five rows back. And I turn around and she's like arched backwards. Her eyes have rolled back in her head. Wow. And of course it's like a scene. Yeah. But the guy at the sitar who's like leading oh, no. this beautiful worship song. <laughs> no lie. No lie. He goes, that's right. Every evil spirit must flee. And he just kept going. Oh my. It was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. And I just need to look at the birds. She did. She, she became calm. Her whole presence changed, but the pastor who was with her was also from India. He's my pastor, uh, friend, pastor Carlton. And he knew there was more work that needed to be done. Yeah. And so after that concert had ended, they went to like a private kind of space, mm-hmm. but with a group of people and continued the mm. deliverance process and continued to pray over her. So again, would she have been somebody's lost cause? Yeah, we're gonna cat we're gonna count her out. But thank God she was surrounded yeah. by people who were not afraid when yeah. her darkness manifested, people who knew that they had the authority in Christ. Yeah. And carried on the work of this, this deliverance. And I was there to see at least part of that. So that was incredible. So we covered the storm part and entering into this, but what was the, like the big idea that you wanted people to walk away with overall for this specific sermon? Well, we're calling it known. And so the big idea for this kicking off first series or first sermon of this series is that we are known and we're loved by the one who has authority over all things. Yeah. How does that change? Like, it's one thing to know that I'm known, like 
My brother knows me. Yeah. My brother does not have authority over all things. You I, shall not pass. There's something comforting or maybe, maybe not comforting about being known, depending mm-hmm. on who it is that knows you. But if you knew that you were known and loved yeah. by somebody with all power and all authority, somebody who is your great defender, somebody who would step in and yeah. protect you and defend you because he loves you mm-hmm. and can't be defeated. Like he has all power and all authority. Mm-hmm. The confidence that we would walk in, the confidence that we would carry if mm-hmm. we understood that and held that truth every day. Yeah. Yeah. Known and loved by the one who has authority over all things. So you, I mean, we touched on it, but you focused on the story of the guy who is consumed by evil or darkness mm-hmm. or demons. Tortured. Yeah. Um, and so... I'm going to ask you later about the whole process of how you, your journey from, I know I'm preaching this to <laughs> preaching it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to ask you that later, but for the content of your sermon, uh, for Jewish readers, as you were talking, you were talking about the pigs, you were mm-hmm. talking about the, the, the context or the world behind the text a little bit. Um, what do you think for Jewish readers this story meant at the time. I mentioned it in the, in the message, you know, the pig part is probably even more <laughs> difficult to talk about than the demon part. I today. think today. Yeah. yeah. I think today we can widely accept that there's good and there's evil in the world. And so talking about the presence of evil. Yeah. Isn't like the most, um, hot button issue yeah. of, of this thing. It's that 2000, 2000 pigs threw themselves off a cliff and, Split and hooves. drown. Yeah. In a, yeah, that's, that's rough. That's yeah. rough for all we of us. We don't want to hear that part. And I even said, I don't like that part either. I yeah. don't. But if we were to take off our lenses from our Western yeah. culture, modern culture, and try to put ourselves in the story. Yeah what the people at that time, especially the the Jewish people who had been on the boat with Jesus, yeah. what they would have saw. I said, pigs to them are like rats are to many yeah. of us today. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's an infestation of rats yeah. in your home, you're probably not going to sympathize with those rats. Now there's a lot yeah. of us that would probably try to like, you know, remove them humanely, but yeah. others of us would be like, do whatever it takes. You know, my house is infested. Mm-hmm. We do that with termites or whatever, not to compare a pig to a termite, but I'm saying there are things in our culture that we find undesirable and detestable. And to Jews, pigs, swine were undesirable and detestable. My theory on rats is their tails. Their tails are the things that we don't like. No, not their pointy faces or their teeth. If a squirrel had a rat tail, we would be abhorred. Oh, it's good that it's fluffy. See? You're right. <laughs> if a squirrel had a rat tail, we would be <laughs> disgusted with ourselves that they are all over our yard. Okay. Uh, but they have fluffy tails, so they're cute. Okay, you make well, and and maybe we associate them with trash because I don't see squirrels like eating my trash, you know? Yeah. But like- Well, we would call it like a cousin of the rat or in, something. In Chicago- there's a, this is bad. One of our, <laughs> one of our favorite Mexican restaurants. Oh no. The, there's very few places to park in the city, right? Yeah. So if you find a restaurant that has like even the smallest little strip of parking, yeah. like that is like wonderful. Yeah. You made it. Yeah. So yeah. we, we would park in this little tiny, I think there were maybe six slots, like only six people could park there at a time. Mm-hmm. And it was only for patrons of the restaurant. So it wasn't like parked up all the time, which yeah. is great. But it was opposite a dumpster. And one night we just sat there in awe as we watched this like festival of rats just oh like scampering about this dumpster. Right. What I don't see is a festival of squirrels scampering about a dumpster. So yeah. maybe we associate. You've never made a squirrel picnic table in COVID. I have not. I have not made that. You could see one. But they are very cute. Yeah. I know see? you have one in your yard. Well, yeah. We all think squirrels are cute. Right. But we don't associate them with trash or darkness. Like the rats come out at night. The squirrels are out during the day. Like there's all these little mental associations we have. Do you think you would think possums are cute if they Mm. had fluffy tails? Again, it's the tail. It's the tail. For a possum, it's a tail. It's the burning eyes. Yeah. The and it's that they only only come out at night. (laughs) It's the black hole eyes. Yeah. Like the things that creep in the dark. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause as you're, as you're preaching, it's like, oh man, this must've been the worst of the worst for Jewish people. It's like a Gentile town, dead bodies, dead bodies and pigs. Yeah. Yeah. Death, blood, pigs. It's like, this is the worst of the worst. And Jesus just saved someone from the worst of the worst. Yeah. Somebody unclean who yeah. had just come out from, you know, yeah. being in close contact with dead yeah. bodies. Jewish law would have said, like, run from Get this guy. Yeah. Get away from this guy. Yeah. But Jesus allows this man to approach, which again was another interesting point in the story that yeah. when Jesus came ashore, the man didn't just stay cowering in the caves. Yeah, you said this is one of your questions. Yeah, the scripture says that when he saw Jesus still afar off, he came running. And so yeah. it wasn't even like Jesus was walking past the cave he was in and just happened to see him. Like this man saw Jesus from a distance yeah. and still came out and ran and bowed yeah. before him. Yeah. Yeah. This is a wild story. Um, I did notice that the townspeople react pretty much the same way the disciples acted the chapter before where it's like, we see this miraculous thing, but get out of here, mm. not get out of here, but we don't react in like faithfulness. We're going to react or celebratory. Yeah. Yeah. Like the disciples are like, who is this guy? They I didn't think respond in faith. They each responded with awe. I think the disciples were in like the positive meaning of the word awe. Like, wow, who is this guy yeah. who calmed the storm? But I think the villagers who had, come and seen this thing, which again, 2000 drowned pigs is yeah. not a good sight, no matter who you are. Well, no, the Jews would have seen it as a victory, but anyway, mm -hmm. they responded in the kind of awe that is fearful. Yeah. Like I'm in awe of a tornado. Oh. It's awesome. It's fearful, but I don't want it anywhere near me. Yeah. They responded with an awe, but they leaned into the fear side of mm. awe of like, what else is this guy going to do? How else is he going to mm -hmm. disrupt our lives? We want him out of here. Do you feel like we're that way today? Because <sighs> you you called it comfortability. Like they would rather be comfortable than to have this guy disrupt their comfort. They, yeah, they would rather tolerate one tortured soul living a comfortable distance away yeah. from them than have Jesus come deliver this man but in doing so disrupt their lives. And I, I have seen versions of this today, today. Now remember this was a Gentile town, yeah. you know? Um, and so when I, when I had lived in the city, my church was largely focused on the kind of urban missions that helped the poor and the homeless. Mm -hmm. But the villagers, the mm -hmm. people in my neighborhood didn't want, something that would attract, yeah. you know, homeless, needy people to the area. Yeah. They wanted to clean up the area as, yeah. it, as it were, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, there was this, you know, we're okay with homeless people like staying under the staying bridge. Staying over there, yeah. Yeah, staying under the bridge, yeah. but don't, don't bring them close to my front doorstep. Yeah. There was an element of that yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's very human. So they are responding that way and they say, Jesus, we want you to leave. And he leaves. He obliges. Mm -hmm. The next step of the story is the guy, is, he wants to go with Jesus mm -hmm. in the boat because Jesus mm -hmm. is like, all right, I'm leaving. And the guy wants to get in the boat with him. And Jesus says, no. Yeah. The scripture says uh, he begs. He yeah. begs Jesus. A lot of begging. To go with him. Yeah. The spirits, the demons are begging. The people are wanting him to leave. Mm -hmm. And this guy's now begging. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's fair to say I have felt, all right, we're about to get friends of the pod. We're about to get serious. More right. serious than overnight potty training. <laughs> A little bit. All right. It's fair to say that I have felt Jesus saying no in my life. Mm. Have you felt this at, from time to time in your life? Absolutely. Okay. In a variety of ways. Currently, Lauren and I, would like a third child. Mm. Uh, we would, we, we've felt that way for about two years. Um, and it, it, at some point, sometimes feels like, well, maybe God's, maybe the answer is no. Uh, I'm not going to get into details of all that's happened, obviously, but it's a, it's an example of me wanting to get in the boat, possibly mm -hmm. me wanting to get in the boat and get away 
start over and just like say, all right, this is, this is it then. Or we want to, you know, this is what I want. And Jesus telling me, no, might be, I don't know. But the best part about this story is that the guy obeys Jesus. Mm -hmm. Then he's like, no, you're not coming with me. And the guy's like, okay. And then he starts a ministry. Basically Jesus like, no, go do this instead. And the guy obeys and starts a ministry Mm -hmm. about Jesus. And, uh, it was important for me to recognize how this guy reacts when he feels like Jesus is saying no. Yeah. Wow. Uh, because I have, Lauren and I have felt it's, it, it's, it's weird for us to talk about because we have two kids mm-hmm. and I know there's a lot of people who would love one kid. Sure. Uh, but we've, we've desired a third child and for a variety, we don't even know, but for whatever it's taken two years and it's felt at times we've talked about, it's like, well, maybe God is just telling us the answer is no. Mm. Uh, Jesus gives this guy a different assignment. He's like, no, you're not going with me for Mm -hmm. what you want, but go do this. And the guy's like, yeah, by all means, I'm going to go start this ministry. And Mm -hmm. he's not starting a ministry of like officially, but he's, Proclaiming mm-hmm. the good news to, to people. And so it, 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 it was like a check on my heart of like, how, how can I be responding in obedience yes. in the midst of possibly feeling like God says no. In the midst things. of possibly not getting the exact answer yeah. that you wanted the way you wanted it. That's right. I thought about that a ton while developing this message because I thought of Lindy Seifker. Oh Yeah. We just had a, a funeral mm-hmm. for Lindy a couple of weeks ago and her outward presenting need was, I need to be healed from cancer. Yeah. And that was nine years ago that she's been yeah, battling this right. diagnosis yep. of cancer. Wouldn't the obvious answer have been, sure, here you go, Yeah, you know, but the answer was not an immediate, you know, yes, I will heal you of cancer. Why? Why is that? Mm-hmm. Was there a bigger picture? Was there a a bigger purpose? I don't know. I can't even pretend to know. Yeah. But what I do know is Lindy's response. Yes. She took a response to having cancer mm-hmm. and turned it into her ministry. Yeah. And the way that she used her life and the precious gift of the nine years she had to impact yeah. every person she came into contact with, yeah. including me, mm-hmm. that is why... Her funeral was so celebratory and packed out and we celebrated her as this amazing woman of faith, but it so much had to do with her response Response and obedience and obedience to essentially no. Yeah. 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 Mm. So I, I didn't want to trivialize people's struggles or, or the things that they're afflicted with. And I hope that that's not the case in, in, any of the stories we will see, yeah. it can be like, well, man, Jesus healed that guy, delivered that guy. What yeah. about my son that I've been praying for? Who's been mm-hmm. in the grip of addiction yeah, for right. 20 years or more. Where is, mm-hmm. where is my light that's come ashore? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, I'm not trying to trivialize anybody's experience or any time that they feel they've been told no or, or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, you are, or we are, uh, that's just how I reflected on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I could, I could certainly point to other instances where, um, it's kind of felt like the answer is no. And I have never thought about how I respond to that, Mm -hmm. but it was a good check on my spirit to be like, in the situation I'm in right now, like, I, I could choose obedience. What does obedience look like? Cause I feel like that's all God wants of us anyways. What does obedience look like in the midst of something? Yeah. As you put it, like we're not getting what we want the way we want it. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay. So tell me about preparing for this sermon. So I don't know how you found out that this is the topic that you're going to be doing. Uh, but it's like, Marin, you're kicking off the sermon Aye. week one. And, uh, it's, it's about, uh, the guy with demons and the pigs who drown. Yeah. Barry's yeah. not going to be here and Tim's <laughs> not going to be here. So good luck. Uh, yeah. How, t- t- <laughs> a week ago, uh, maybe this is just part of your process. Cause I feel like it's like, 
a week leading up to your sermon, you're like, I have no idea what I'm going to do. I have no idea. I, I need help. What's going on? It's and a trust fall. <laughs> you came to my office or we, we were talking after a meeting or something. And that's when I told you the hairless cat. Yes. Story yes, or that whatever. Was last week. Um, and then you deliver the sermon. So there's that where it's like, you're worried about what even to talk about, how to talk about this mm-hmm. touchy, controversial, but like, you don't want to say too like talk a certain way about it. But yeah. so you went from there to delivering, honestly, Marin, one of the most authoritative and confident deliveries of a message I've ever seen you give. Praise the Lord. Praise it's the not Lord. that you're not usually. Praise like, the Lord, everybody. <laughs> no. So Tyler and I had talked about a week in advance of me giving this message or writing this message or something like that. And part of my dilemma was I actually put it as a quote in the fun facts because I'll just read it. This is what C.S. Lewis had to say. He said, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence. Mm. And the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. Mm-hmm. They themselves are equally pleased. This is the demons. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors mm. and hail a materialist or a magician with the same delight. And so I didn't want to turn us into materialists or magicians. I knew that I was speaking to an audience, some of who are hungry for this kind of Let's talk about spiritual warfare. Let's yeah. talk about the principalities and the powers of this dark age as described in, I think, Ephesians. Let's, let's talk about the things that are mystical and a little bit terrifying. Let's, yeah. let's not be afraid to go there. And then there's another camp of like, mm, we're not going to look for a devil under every rock. Yeah. Or you know? I'm just not ready to go there. Or I'm not ready to go there. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. So it, it just felt like there were a lot of opportunities for like landmines yeah. <laughs> and that's as a, as a six on the Enneagram, I'm terrified of that stuff. Like I don't want to say the wrong thing or step on the wrong button or, or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and I want to be in line with how we believe as a church. Um, and so I talked to Tim about that mm-hmm. for a little bit. Um, historically, what has been our stance on things like this and spiritual warfare? I, I know the church I grew up in, but that's Mm -hmm. very, very different from the church I'm in now. And Mm -hmm. what do we have to say about this stuff? You know? Yeah. yeah. Tim wrote the sermon series overview (laughs) and uh, he, he would not say that he intentionally gave me this subject matter, but when I saw my name Mm -hmm. next to Mark chapter five, (laughs) verses one through 20, I think I broke out into a cold sweat. Like, Oh no. Like oh, there was no. a point last week where you were like asking me, me for advice. <laughs> well, <laughs> because as you said last week, you're the everyman. I'm the, ev- I'm the, the common everyman. man. And I said, common man, <laughs> what to you is the most disgusting animal on the yeah. face of the planet, common yeah. man? And of course, to the common man, it is the yeah. hairless, hairless cat. cat. Nobody likes that. Is, that is disgusting. Which by the way. I, I didn't call you out at 9.15. I said, I spoke to a coworker yeah. last week. And I saw I it lo- at 11. I looked out over the 11 <laughs> o'clock and I'm like, they need to know this. Yeah. It was tight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know why that's funny. Everybody thought that was funny. Because it's ridiculous. It's uh, utterly ridiculous. It's ridiculous that a hairless cat exists. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got a lot to say about animals that shouldn't exist. It's ridiculous to think that that's like the most commonly held loathed animal. <laughs> Get that thing away from cat. me. Yeah. 2000 hairless cats go over. No, but you were like, how do I talk about this? And I said, well, thanks for coming. (laughs) Uh, Everybody believes in evil. I think that was helpful. That was helpful because again, and I, I took this approach way back when I used to like tour and do music. Yeah. I used to go into different denominations and do my thing. Yeah. Speak or play music or whatever. And I knew that for some, if I would have showed up like with just my tattoos exposed, yeah, they would not much. hear a word right. I had to say. They would shut me out right away. Mm-hmm. And so I wore this thing I called the sweater of non-offense. <laughs> <laughs> and like in certain denominations oh, and among no. certain people, if yeah. I was, you know, looked a certain way, yeah. they would hear the message and receive it. This is too important to yeah. have somebody tune me out in the first five minutes. Yeah. 
how can I present this message in a way that they will receive it? Mm -hmm. And like I said, again, speaking broadly, and, and you said this, people are comfortable talking about good versus evil. Yeah. Or darkness versus light, mm -hmm. maybe more than they are about like spirits or demons that freaks them out. Yeah. But we can all agree that there's darkness in the world, in the world, there's yeah. evil in the world. And so I use all of that language mm -hmm. in this message. I say demons, I say spirits, because that's what the scripture says. Yep. I say darkness, I say light, because that's what the scripture mm -hmm. says. And I feel like even in, in that way, the scripture speaks to all of us. Mm -hmm. There's so many scriptures about light driving out darkness or yep. uh, perfect love casting out fear and whatever, all, all of that. It's in there. It isn't just angels and demons, demons and angels all the time, but mm -hmm. also that language is in there too. And we mm -hmm. need to not be afraid of that. If we're preaching from what's yeah. in the Bible, it, yeah. it's what it says. So, yeah, I, I'm very interested in hearing like how you went from asking me questions like that to delivering what it, it, it seems like a sermon that you were born to preach. Wow. Like the light and darkness thing. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just saw the 11 o'clock and I was yeah. at Gen Con and I watched it <laughs> on the way home. Actually on the way. Yeah. never mind. Uh, <laughs> I watched it on the way home and then I watched it again this morning at 4am. <laughs> uh, and it, it yeah. felt like, it felt like I, I was, I mean, you're, 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 you are who you are and you are, people see like spiritual authority in you. I see it. Barry sees it. Friends of the pod see it people of grace see it. But I felt like I was watching a different person mm. when I wa was watching that video. I was Thank like, you, this is, this is Marin. Like it looks like Marin, but this is incredibly like authority. She is, I would have had no idea that five, five days ago you were like, what animal are you scared of? Mm. You mm -hmm. know, like I would have had no idea mm. that you wrestled with it. It just looked like it came completely natural and you were in complete command of Wow. What you were talking about. Thank you. Nope. That was yet not I, but through Christ in me. That yeah. is a song we sing in our church. And um, I can say a couple of things. Um, when I'm developing any message, and I think this goes for all of us who speak, but for me in particular, I have this little corner in my home office. Like I yeah. said, I go underwater. Yep. You know, Jed knows he's responsible for dinner. Oh, every no. night for the foreseeable have your kid, future. Have your kids eaten in eight days. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I, I just have to kind of disappear yeah. um, late into the night and just work, 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 read, 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 study, study, write, write, write. Um, and I have this little corner in my office where I do that. And I am praying. Sometimes I'm typing out my prayers like, okay, mm. God, I don't know where to take this. Where do you, where do you want me to take this? Sometimes yeah. I will type those words. I don't know why, instead of just like praying, oh, yeah. praying them Some. Like with words, I, I actually put them on paper or mm -hmm. I put them, you know, in my computer or, or whatever. And maybe it's so that I can go back and see how he answered it. I, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, but there's so much just relying on the Holy Spirit to illuminate the truths. How can I bring this to light? How, what does this mean to the people of the day? What does it mean to people of our day? What does it mean to me in my life right now? Mm -hmm. And where have I seen you at work in this way earlier on in my life. And again, the word is alive and yeah. we can count on that. And so if we go into this process, believing that the word is alive and it is going to speak to us, get ready to type fast yeah. because it's going <laughs> to yeah. speak a lot. And it yeah. did in this case, it spoke a lot. Mm -hmm. And I have a <laughs> powerful, fiery warrior prayer team. Yeah. And I texted these ladies and I'm like, look, <laughs> <laughs> this is what's going on. Yeah. And I need your prayers. And I think I can tell the difference from where this message was before I texted my prayer team mm. to what happened to this message after I made my prayer yeah. team aware and they started praying. It is night and day. There's like a whole page and a half that I cut and deleted. Oh. Because it just wasn't right yeah. for this message. But that's, I was headed in a different direction. Mm -hmm. And then they started praying. And then things really came into focus. And so again, I can't 
overstate the importance of yeah. the prayer coverage that goes into not just my messages. Amy's got her prayer yeah. team. You've got a prayer team. Yeah. Like I can't overstate the importance of prayer in mm -hmm. everything that we do. Mm -hmm. It changed everything. Yeah. And then specifically at 11 o'clock, Desi doesn't listen to this podcast, so I'm uh -oh. busting her out. Here we go. It was 11 o'clock and I was fully like in worship mode. Man, that team was on fire this week and I yeah. love them so much. And the songs they picked were so powerful and I was just gone, lost in a worship moment. My son was playing drums. Uh -huh. And one of the things I love about Jay is he, he plays the drums skillfully, but sometimes he'll just kind of lean back and just mouth the words and close yeah, his eyes. Sure. And he's singing. He's always been that way. Yeah. He, he knows what he's doing beyond just the mechanics of playing the drums. He knows that he is worshiping and he gets it. And right as that thought crossed my mind, another thought crossed my mind. Where is my daughter? Uh Oh, and I looked over at uh, the people she usually sits with. Jed was running a camera. Jaden's playing drums and I'm preaching. Desi drives herself now oh, on days like boy. that. Where is my girl? And Turns out she had, she had been sick and she'd overslept and she was oh so no, sick. What just I, happened? She was so sick. I had to take her to the doctor yesterday, but oh. for whatever reason, like I didn't know she was sick then. I just knew she wasn't there. You got mad. No, I got distracted. Uh. And I knew I had to deliver this message, this difficult message, this emotional message. And my attention was divided mm. and I did not know how I was going to do it. And so I texted my husband who's running a camera. You need to, just make sure she's okay. Did she get yeah. in an accident on the way here? Yeah. Like I'm a worst case scenario thinker. That I knew like that the likelihood was she overslept, yeah. but there is a slim chance that maybe she's not okay. So where is she? And how am I going to in yeah. any way stay focused five minutes from now when I get up yeah. and deliver this message, knowing that she's not here. And so I just prayed mm. that the Holy spirit would take over because I knew like I was, I was in a bad state yeah. of mind at that moment. And I think that's exactly what happened. Yeah. He took over. Well, yeah, I, I, I felt that way when I was, uh, sitting next to my bird scooter waiting for my Uber <laughs> in a bad part of town. <laughs> you were, wait, when you were watching this yeah. on your way, you were on a scooter sitting next to a scooter. So it's very expensive to Uber away from Gen Con <laughs> to and fro. To and fro. And so I hacked the system. And I, you know, those little like a, like battery operated oh, do scooters. I? Yes. I, I would like jump on one of those and I would scooter to like out of the range of really expensive rides. I would scooter my way to more affordable rides. Yes. And so, wow, it's usually like not so great parts of town. Okay. And so I'm sitting at a, a BP gas station parking lot watching your sermon <laughs> while I get there and I call you or I signal the Uber to come pick me up from the gas station. Wow. And I'm watching your sermon in the parking lot and it didn't seem like you were distracted at all. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's again, when you know the story and you know how, yeah. how divided my mind was right yeah. before delivering it at 11, you know that that had to have been the Holy Spirit taking yeah. over. That was a miracle. So um, where do we go next? What are we doing? Uh, Amy's preaching next and I don't know. How she, long do I have to wear this mask? <laughs> is she preaching? She's either preaching on Jairus's daughter or the woman with the issue of blood. I can't remember which one Tim so gave. That would be a surprise. Tim gave Amy, but Amy's up next. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, I think that covers it. I mean, yeah, that covers it, right? We could, we could go deeper into like. Demon yeah. stuff. Yeah, we, can, we can always go deeper into <laughs> yeah. demon stuff. Yeah. No, and again, again, maybe I want to end with this. This was not a sermon about demons. Yeah. This was a sermon about the authority of Jesus. That's yeah. what it was about. Believe God. And if we understood that we have that authority. Yeah. And if we understood that there was somebody out there who has that authority, who loves us that much, who will defend us. Mm-hmm. We were, we were kind of speaking to three things. The person who needs a defender, there's somebody who knows you and loves you and yeah. he, he will take on evil for you. And it does not mm -hmm. matter your past. Like, like I said, we don't know how this guy ended up this way. Yeah. We don't know what he was dabbling in or, or whatever. We don't know why he was cutting himself yeah. with sharp stones and a danger to himself 
and living with dead bodies. Mm -hmm. We don't know why. We just know he was there. Mm -hmm. And Jesus just met him where he was and delivered him. And so I was saying, Jesus will meet you where you are Mm -hmm. right now and deliver you. That's, that's one demographic we're speaking to. Yeah. The other is, do you realize that you possess this kind of light Mm -hmm. and authority? Mm -hmm. And if you realize that you possess this kind of light and authority, what are you going to do with it? Are you going to put it under a basket? Cause that's not what we're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be a city on a hill, like a light that's put on a lampstand that will shine for everyone in Mm -hmm. the house. I was really struck by Matthew 5, 14, where it says, uh, it gives light to everyone in the house. Mm -hmm. Let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Everyone, all, everyone. Yes. So then there is no one beyond his reach. If the scripture says everyone, all, everyone. And so it was really like a, Mm -hmm. a rallying cry and a mandate for those of us who call ourselves his followers to carry his light and to not be afraid. So it's not a, it's not a message about demons. It's a message about his love and authority. Yeah. And, uh, it's a message that if you listen to like the last, like nine minutes or something, you are ready to run through a wall. Let's do it. So (laughs) thank you for the message. Thanks for doing a back to back one to one. <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Hopefully, we have somebody else in here next week. We'll have Amy. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, she's been yeah, she's been hit or miss recently. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Will you please send us out? I will. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And we'll see you on the other side of Sunday. <laughs>